Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Remember that Paul, give me your attention, would you? I told you that Paul, listen very carefully, I told you that Paul had been persuaded by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. If you remember the story, if you were with us, there were prophets and people that were telling him that there was trouble in Jerusalem and that he shouldn't go to Jerusalem. And so even though people and prophets were telling him he shouldn't go to Jerusalem, Paul knew in his spirit that he needed to go to Jerusalem. So the last time we were to get, we gathered together, Paul arrives in Jerusalem and the unbelieving Jews, the Bible tells us, stirred up the people, remember, and put rumors out there that Paul was telling people and telling the Jews that they didn't have to follow the laws of Moses. You find that in Acts chapter 21. And they stirred up the crowd, remember, and they grabbed and they dragged Paul out of the temple to kill him. And there was this Roman commander who assumed that Paul was some Egyptian renegade. Remember the Sakari dagger troublemaker. He assumed that Paul was an Egyptian renegade. And when he hears Paul speaking in Greek, he lets him speak. And so Paul, don't you remember, he stands on the stairs and he, there's thousands of people gathered around and he stands on the stairs and he motions to the people. And when he motions to the people, thousands, it's silence over the audience. Remember that? He motions to the people and there's silence. Wouldn't you love to be able to do that with your children? Say amen, parents. I love the beard. See, I, I, I motion with my hands. And usually it, it usually looks something like this. Now say amen, parents. <laughs> motion to the people and there were signs. Remember, I left you with the cliffhanger that Paul was about to speak to the people. That's where we left off in Acts chapter 21. And we're going to pick up our study in this very hot sanctuary. In Acts chapter 22, we'll beginning verse one. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. amen. Brethren, Paul begins and fathers hear my defense before you now. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. And then he said, I am indeed a Jew. Paul gives his testimony. I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, Jerusalem, at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of the father's law and was zealous toward God as you are today. And I persecuted in verse four this way, the Christian way to death, binding and delivering into prisons, both men and women. 
as also the high priest bears me witness and all the council of the elders for whom I also received letters to the brethren. And I went to Damascus to bring in chains, even those who were there to Jerusalem to be punished. And now it happened in verse six. As I journeyed and came near Damascus at noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me and I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, what did he say, saints? Saul, Saul, read it with me. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting And those who were with me, Paul goes on to say, indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they didn't hear the voice of him who spoke to me. And so I said, well, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Saul, Paul, arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. Highlight verse 10. And since I could not see, Paul goes on to say, for the glory of that light being led by the hand of those who were with me. Why? Because he was blinded. I came into Damascus and there certain Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and he said to me, brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up to him. I could see. And then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise, Ananias said, and be baptized and wash away your sins and calling on who saints the name of the Lord. And it happened when I returned to Jerusalem, Paul says, and I was praying in the temple that I was in a trance. And I saw him, Jesus, saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. And so I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprison and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I was standing there giving thumbs up to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And then he said to me in verse 21, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Notice Paul. Here's the scene. Get the scene. Paul is standing on the steps at the Antonio Fortress, and he's beginning to address the city. Notice in the Hebrew language. And as he begins, are you listening, to address the city in the Hebrew language, you want to notice that he begins by giving his testimony, and he begins that testimony by saying, brethren and fathers. And I'm confident, listen, here's a little sanctified imagination for you. I'm confident that Paul stole those two words from somebody else who gave their testimony in Acts chapter 7. His name is Stephen. Don't you remember when Stephen was being stoned? The Bible tells us in Acts 7 that Paul, Saul at the time, was standing there consenting unto his death. And I'm sure that Saul, Paul, never, ever forgot that. He never forgot the image that was in his mind of Stephen as he was in a pit 
And when the Bible talks about stoning, they weren't taking little rocks and little pelts and throwing them at them. Like, here, take that. It wasn't like that. There were boulders. They would pick up these boulders and they would put them in and they would hurl these boulders down their heads. And the Bible says that Stephen was standing there, the first martyr of the church, and he looked up and he saw Jesus standing, which is the second time in the Bible that you find Jesus standing for anyone. And Stephen sees Jesus standing to receive him into heaven. Paul never forgot that. And he talks about it over and over and over again. And he heard Stephen say, you look it up in your own time, Acts chapter 7, verse 2. He heard Stephen say, as Stephen was about to give his testimony, y'all still listening, say amen. As Stephen was about to give his testimony, Paul heard Stephen begin his testimony with brothers and fathers. Why? Because those are terms of respect. And Paul was trying to win their ear by, first of all, respecting them. Remember, Paul is standing there under, on trial for no real reason. He could have began his testimony with you self-righteous, pompous idiots. And he would have been accurate. But he didn't. He started with brothers and fathers And he began with notice in verse one. Would you look at it again? He says, hear my defense. Circle that, highlight it. That word defense in the Greek language is the Greek word apologia, apologia. We have the word apologetics, apologetics. The word apologetic literally means defending the faith, defending the faith. Now, listen, it doesn't mean apologizing for the faith. Amen. It means defending the faith. It means giving a defense. It means the reason, the logic, or the rightness of the faith. Apologia. We have apologetics. And so Paul gives a defense of the faith, and he says, Brothers and fathers, here's my apologetics. And he uses a very familiar language. He speaks to them in Hebrew. Why? Because he could have spoken to them in the Greek language. Don't you remember the Roman commander? He spoke to him in Greek. Here Paul speaks to them in Hebrew. Why? Because he's trying to win their hearts. He's trying to get them to give ear to what he's saying. He's trying to pull on their heartstrings so that when they hear him speak in Hebrew, they'll say, oh, well, he's one of us. It's so good. I don't know if you've ever traveled internationally, but it is good when you're traveling internationally to hear someone speaking English. Isn't it the truth? I remember I was in the airport in Vishakapatnam, India. Yeah, I'm speaking in tongues. Vishakapatnam. India. I'm in the airport and I'm trying to order toast. I'm thinking I'm in India. I'm trying to order toast. Toast is safe. I can eat that. You know what I mean? I got to eat that. So I'm, I'm trying to order toast and the server comes up. I'm in the airport. The server comes up to me and he says, he says, uh, his English was really broken. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm, I like to order toast and he's not getting it. And he's not, you know, understanding me. So I'm just like, I'm doing the best I can here. I'm like, I 
want to order some toast. And the guy, he's still not getting it. So, you know, this guy's looking, he's sitting over at the table over here and, and he's looking at me and I look over at him and I'm frustrated because I can't get my toast. And I'm, I look over at him and I, I said, do you, you speak English? I'm like, English, anything English? And he looks and he goes, yo, man, you trying to order some toast? I'm like, where you been all my life, man? I said, yeah, I'm trying to order toast. But it was so good to hear him speak English. It is really good when somebody speaks your language, which reminds me of a story. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. There's a story. Listen, there's a story of a man who, who bought a donkey from a preacher. And the preacher told the man that this donkey had been trained in a very unique way, being the donkey of a preacher. And the only way to make the donkey go was to say, hallelujah. Well, the only way to make the donkey stop was to say, amen. Well, the man was pleased with his purchase and immediately he got on the animal and he, to try out the preacher's instructions. Hallelujah, the man shouted. Well, the donkey began to trot. Amen, shouted the man. Well, the donkey stopped immediately. Well, this is great, said the man. With a hallelujah, he rode off, very proud of his new purchase. Well, the man traveled for a long time through some mountains, and soon he was headed toward a cliff. Well, he could not remember the word to make the donkey stop. And so he yelled, stop, said the man. Halt, he cried. Well, the donkey kept going. Oh, no. Bible. Church. Please stop, shouted the man. Well, the donkey began to trot faster. He was getting closer and closer to the cliff's edge. Well, finally, in desperation, the man said a prayer. He said, please, dear Lord, please make this donkey stop before I go off the end of the cliff. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the donkey came to an abrupt stop just one step from the edge of the cliff. Well, the man said, shoo, hallelujah. <laughs> I don't even know why I told that story. It has nothing to do with what I was saying. So Paul, I don't know why I told So Paul speaking in the Hebrew language, and, and notice in your Bibles in verse two. Look, look in verse two. I'm I'm so out of time. I don't even know what I'm doing. Lord help. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at verse two, Paul speaking in the Hebrew language. And, and I want you to notice, and, and, and they kept all the more silent. He's speaking in Hebrew. Saints, let me just tell you this really, really quickly here. He's speaking in Hebrew in a language they could understand so that he could win their hearts. Christians, listen, when you're talking to non-believers or even new believers, be careful about using Christian ease. Because Christians, we got our own language too. I mean, we got our own language. I mean, half the time you can talk to Christians, you have no idea what they're talking about. And you're talking to a new believer and you might say something like this. Well, you know, if you give your heart to God and he'll wash you in the blood and he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit and you will be on fire for God and it will blow your mind. You know how that sounds to a non-believer? He's like, 
what? I don't know if I want to be washed in anybody's blood. That's gross. And I certainly don't want to be on fire. We got to watch what we're saying. We got to make sure that our speech and our language is relevant, not compromising the gospel so that people can understand and their hearts can be one to Christ. If you understand that, say amen, saints. That's very, very important. So Paul begins, notice in our text, he begins by giving them the apologetics. And you want to notice this here. Note this. What was Paul's apologetic? It was his testimony. Did you see that? He doesn't present an airtight case of Old Testament prophecy. He doesn't argue the types and the parallels of scripture. He doesn't try to be the Bible answer man. He simply shares his testimony. He simply shares what God has done in his life. Saints, listen to me close. Your testimony is the most powerful witnessing tool you have. Wait a minute, Rodney. What about the gospel? Oh, I mean no disrespect. The gospel is a power of God unto salvation to anyone who believes. Amen, saints. I mean no disrespect, but your testimony is powerful. Why? Because it's the one subject that you are an expert on. Amen. You don't know that much. Just trying to build you up, my people. But on the subject of your testimony and what has happened to your life and how God has changed your life, your testimony is the most powerful piece of witnessing tool that you have. Don't you remember the story as the Pharisees came to the blind man who had been made to see by Jesus and they came to me like, what about this? Or what about that? Or what about your mom? Or what about your daddy, your family tree? And all these questions they're posing to the blind man. And the blind man said, look, hold it, fellas, partners, hold on. He said, I don't know anything about that. I don't know all about that. He says, but all I know is I once was, what do he say? I once was blind, but now I see. That's all I know. You know. I don't know all about all that stuff. I don't have, you know, all of that theology and logic, philosophy. I don't get it. He says, well, I do know that I once was blind, but now I see. Every single Christian can say that. Amen, saints. I don't know about you, but January 22nd, 1982, Rodney was blind. January 23rd, 1982, now I see. God changed my life. And that's your apologetics. That's your testimony. That you know God, that he has changed your life. Because listen, you can theologically, philosophically, or socially argue the validity of scripture. You can argue, but you cannot argue with a changed life. You can't, you can't argue with me if I tell you, listen, I used to be this way. I used to do drugs. I used to hang out in places that I shouldn't be. I used to go places and do things, awful, ugly, evil things that I should not have done. But I want to tell you that God came into my life and changed my life. And here it is a year later. And look at me now. I'm different. You can't argue with that. That's unarguable. So your testimony is so very, very, very important. Paul begins this testimony. Notice in your Bibles in verse 3, Paul says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus. He begins his testimony. He says, I was brought up in Jerusalem. I was tutored. Note this, saints. Would you look at it again in verse 3? I was tutored 
by Gamaliel. Now listen, give me your attention. When these Jewish people heard the name Gamaliel, they said, Gamaliel, oy vey. <laughs> Gamaliel, why? Because Gamaliel was one of the most respected teachers of this era. The Jewish people felt and taught that Gamaliel was the glory of the Torah. So when Paul says, see, Paul's name dropping here because he wants to win their hearts. So he says, I was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel had his own Bible school. There was a guy by the name of Nicodemus. Don't you remember in John chapter three, Nicodemus, Nick, who came to Jesus that night, Nick at night, <laughs> Nick was an instructor in the school of Gamaliel. So he was a respected teacher. So when Paul says, listen, I was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. I learned from Gamaliel. He goes on to say that I was zealous for the things of God, just like you guys. And I persecuted the way even unto death. I was binding and delivering men and women and children and throwing them in prison. Paul says, listen, I understand why you've attacked me because I was once an attacker. Also, I understand where you're coming from. Paul says, listen, I, 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 I was like you guys. I hated the church. I hated Jesus. I hated anything that had to do with Christianity. And I did everything I could to destroy it. Paul looks at this council of Jews and he says, it's from you guys that I got the warrant to go to Damascus to arrest these Christians. I got the permission from you. And when I got the letter or the warrant from you to go to Damascus to take the Christians and to bind them, put them in prison. He says, while I was on the road to Damascus, Paul says, to go and kill the way, I was angry and breathing out threatenings like a war horse. And I'm on my way to kill those Christians. He says, a light shone from heaven and I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? Note this, watch. Why are you persecuting me? Notice he didn't hear the voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting, persecuting them Christian folks? Jesus says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why? Because listen, the Savior has a connection with the saints. The shepherd has a unity with the sheep. And when someone is persecuting you, you listen close. When someone's persecuting you for righteousness sake, underline, bold, highlight, for righteousness sake, they are not persecuting you. They're persecuting Jesus. Jesus said, listen, if they hated me, don't you know that they're going to hate you as well? So Jesus said to, to Saul, he says, why are you persecuting me? And Jesus said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. Paul said, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. You're persecuting me. And those who were with Saul, the Bible tells us, they saw the light, but they couldn't make out what was being said. Saints, I want you to look at again in verse 10. Paul then said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God said, here's the plan. Paul, Saul, I want you to get up and go to Damascus. And it's in Damascus that it will be told to you the next thing to do. Verse 10. Did you notice that? Saul said, God, what's the plan? God said, here's the plan, Paul. One step. I want you to go to Damascus and then I'll tell you the next thing to do. Remember, we talked about it some time ago. Progressive revelation. 
Remember we use that phrase? In other words, God saints, listen, God will tell you to take the first step and he will not give you the second step until you take the first step. Somebody say amen, would you? God does not operate on the five-year plan. Now somebody say amen. You understand that. See, we want the five-year plan. We want step one, two, three, four, five, all the way through 50. And the reason why we want all the steps is because we want to use that information to determine whether we want to take the first step or not. That's all right. (laughs) And God says, no, 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 I'm not giving you the five-year plan. God doesn't work on the five-year plan. He works on the one-step plan. God will tell you the first step to take, and then he expects you to take that step, and then he'll tell you the next step to take. You know, my story is, Elvira and I were planning to come to the Raleigh area. Don't you remember? God just told me and showed me in a vision that I was moving east and that we were coming to Raleigh. God did not tell me that that he was going to do all of this. God did not tell me that he was going to do with my life and with Elvira's life what he has done in this church. And I am blown away every Sunday, every Wednesday, every service as I see one service empty, Tommy, and another one fills up. And sometime when I get in the pulpit and, I, and I'm crying, I'm choked up, I can't talk, I'm a mess, it's only because I'm looking out at what God has done. And all of what God has done began with the first step. Listen, if we had told God, look, I ain't going to Raleigh because I don't know them folk down now. Which, by the way, did cross my mind. I'm just purging right now. It did cross, but God has done awesome, awesome things here at Calvary Chapel. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.